Welcome to the Stratcom Podcasts. I'm your host, Kubra Akoc, a journalist at TRT World. Today, we'll talk about cybersecurity. Joining me now is Pierluigi Paganini, security analyst and founder of Security Affairs, CyberHorus and Cybase. Mr. Paganini, it's great to have you here. It's a pleasure. So I want to start with very basics of cybersecurity. For someone who has no idea about what that term means, how would you describe cybersecurity? And, and after that, can you please give us a little bit of an insight about how does a cyber attack happen? Of course. The term cybersecurity refers to the activities aimed at uh, protecting computer systems and uh, networks from malicious activities. An example of malicious activities are enclosure that breaches, malware-based attacks, hacking campaigns, and so on. The way to carry out the cyber attack is only limited by the imagination of the three actors. We can group the attacks in two main categories. Attacks that exploit security vulnerabilities in the target system and attacks that attempt to trick the victims in doing some action that start the attacks. We uh, call the latter te techniques social, en social engineering. And uh, probably it is the most common form of cyber attack. We can treat, for example, victims into opening a malicious email, into clicking on an embedded link, or opening an attachment, uh, or also revealing the sensitive information. I see you mentioned vulnerability. How vulnerable are governments and companies to cyber attacks? And apart from them, how vulnerable are we like as an ordinary individual? I'm using a mobile phone, just saving a lot of data in it, like my location, my pictures, and lots of documents and files. So how vulnerable are we to these cyber attacks? Let me say that we are all potential targets of cyber attacks, and we are all potential vulnerable uh, to any kind of uh, intrusion. The cybersecurity uh, is an instantaneous concept. This means that a system that is secure at this time could not be uh, secure uh, in a minute after the, this call. Uh, why? Because we can discover, for example, a vulnerability that attackers can start using in their campaign. In my humble uh, um, opinion, private business, especially small businesses, are more exposed to cyber attacks for two factors. Uh, the first one is the lack of awareness of cyber threats and defense techniques. And uh, the second aspect is uh, they have limited finance resources to increase the level of cybersecurity of their infrastructures. Uh, anyway, we have to consider that the, these vulnerable organizations are part of a wide supply chain of major companies and government organizations. Three actors could target them in the attempt to pivot uh, to the bigger organization. Uh, for this reason, it is essential to protect them. The level of security of the supply chain depends on the level of security implemented by the weakness leak. I see. So lack of awareness and limited financial resources, two main points you just highlighted, very important. And for someone who is plotting a cyber attack, let's put it like this, what is the motive behind it? Like, who, they, they get what? Or like, they do this for what usually, like from your experience, from your studies, what have you observed like 
usual or general motives behind these cyber attacks? Okay, we have different motivation. Uh, the main motivation is financial. Cyber criminals operate to make profits from illegal activities. Let's think of ransomware attacks, where attacks, attackers encrypt the files of the victims and demand the payment of a ransom. Cyber criminals operate in well-organized groups that works on a global scale, and each member of this organization has a, has a specific task, and this organization are very efficient uh, as profitable. Uh, to give you an idea of the earnings of these gangs, uh, some of the most active uh, ransomware gangs uh, have earned close to $100 million with the ransom payments from the victims in just about six months. Another major motivation is political. Many governments use groups of hackers that conduct cyber espionage campaigns and also sabotage uh, attacks. These kind of attacks are very dangerous because the national state actors are well-resourced, uh, are very skilled. Uh, we used to define this specific group of attacks, attackers as uh, APT, uh, where APT means Advanced Persistent Threat. The operation of this group, uh, in my opinion, are the most sophisticated ones. But anyway, we have also other motivation. We have, for example, the activism, uh, that is uh, the expressions of a dissent to the hacking. And uh, we have also cyber terrorists. In this case, uh, we mean that uh, terrorists use the cyberspace for propaganda purposes and uh, for information gathering on the specific targets. Okay, I see. So financial and political two major motives, as far as I understand. You are, you are right, correct, correct. Thanks for that, Mr. Paganini. So I've seen your recent piece about how Belgian Defense Ministry hit by a cyber attack recently. Can you tell us more about that case? In that piece and also in some of your pieces, you're mentioning log 4 shell vulnerability. Hope I pronounced it in a right way. So what exactly is that? It, it was, I really wondered what was that all about? Of course, in a, you know, in a simple way so that all of our audience can understand. Well, Log4Shell is one of the vulnerabilities that recently were disclosed in the cybersecurity community. This vulnerability affects the Log4J library. Uh, this is a piece of software that is used by an impressive number of systems worldwide. We find this piece of software in almost every system that is around us. The flow in this component uh, can allow an attacker to take over the system and use vulnerable version that use a vulnerable version of this, uh, this library. The good news is that we have already a patch for this vulnerability, but it's essential that the organization will install it as soon as possible if you want to avoid uh, a sort of, let me say, cyber pandemic. We have uh, the vaccine and we have uh, to apply it right now. The bad news is that uh, nation state actors, so the ones that are politically motivated that we, we said before, are already conducted cyber espionage campaign that leverage this specific vulnerability to target business worldwide. And the attacks against the Belgian Defense Ministry is one of these attacks. Right, I'll see, so cyber pandemic. Yeah. Interesting term. 
So since we said pandemic, so with the pandemic, so digitization of information got to a brand new level, open source information, including intelligence or just, you know, not that important information even is out there everywhere, is accessible to everyone. And we are also putting, contributing to these resources voluntarily putting like every day we are putting so much information on social media, on the internet. So what impact does this digitization, improvement in this digitization have on cybersecurity related issues? This event and uh, the pandemic itself had a dramatic impact on the cybersecurity uh, of the cybersecurity of the organization. Many organizations were not prepared to allow, for example, remote working for their employees. Uh, the surface of attacks uh, of the company was dramatic and large. More time online searching any kind of information regarding the COVID-19 pandemic. Consider also that the three actors are using information on the pandemic as a bait in, a, in the campaign. The result is that the number of COVID-19 climate attacks exploded in the last months, over the last months, and many organizations were impacted. Uh, three actors also focused their attacks on systems used by organizations to allow the remote work. For example, let's consider the concept of virtual private networks or VPN. Uh, almost any organization in this specific moment is allowing their employees to use VPN to contact the system of the, the, the organization. Well, three actors started attacking the server, the VPN server used for this specific task, enabling uh, three actors to penetrate the networks or business worldwide. I see. So I want to ask you a question about a specific case that caught attention of many people around the world which was that these China-linked hackers allegedly targeting US coronavirus vaccine research. This is just one of the many cases, of course. Tell us more about that case. What made it so special and why was that so important? Okay. First thing that we have to consider is uh, we are facing with the national state actor. When we face with the national state actors, so with an APT group, an advanced persistent threat, uh, we are saying that we are facing with a very complex attackers. Regarding the specific case, uh, I can tell you that national state actors from different countries, not only China, have launched uh, spear phishing attacks against research institutes involved in the development of a COVID-19 vaccine. The attacks aimed at stealing intellectual properties and also research data regarding the development of the vaccine. Uh, the country that had developed the, the first the, a vaccine have a double economic advantage on the other states. The first is that they, its economy can quickly restart and in a moment where other economies are stopped. So a very important financial and political advantage. Second, pharmaceutical businesses of the countries that is behind a cyber espionage campaign will have an advantage on foreign competitors. Well, China was known uh, as one of the most aggressive threat actors worldwide uh, because its national state actors always attempt to steal intellectual properties from 
organization uh, abroad. And in this case, uh, the hackers hired at stealing any kind of information about the development of the vaccine and the research data. So here we're talking about stealing an intellectual property, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, I see. So this is an additional question. I saw your Twitter background and it's written the deep dark web, the hidden world. What's that all about? Like it caught my attention. I wondered what is this deep dark web? Yeah, yeah. Uh, the first thing that I have to tell you and that is important that we have to distinguish between the dark web and deep web, okay? Uh, the deep web is everything that is online, but is not indexed by common, common search engine like Google. Uh, if you imagine, for example, the content of your email, uh, the content in your email is not accessible by, uh, a, by Google. Why? Because you need to provide your credential in order to access this. But it is deep web. A different thing is the dark web. The dark web is those parts of the internet that is hidden. What does it mean hidden? means that uh, it is not possible to access without specific resources. Uh, and uh, you cannot track the source of the information. Uh, this means, for example, if I have a server that is deployed in the dark web, I'm not able to identify exactly the position of the server and who is managing the server itself, okay? Yeah. And uh, it, it's, a, it's a quite different uh, um, term between deep web. Deep web is everything that is not indexed. Dark web is something is a specific uh, hidden in the web and cannot accessible without specific instruments. For example, one of the most popular examples of dark web or darknet is uh, the Tor network. Mm -hmm. The Tor networks could be accessed only using the Tor browser. That is a specific browser that was designed in order to access these resources. Anyway, even if I'm able to reach a resource in the dark web, I'm not able to see who is managing the resource and where the resource is located. You can imagine that this, this, this specific aspect has two advantages. The first one is that you are not, if you are not possible to track a specific, uh, a specific EP address associated to a machine, you are not able to persecute the person that is behind that machine. And this is very important for cyber criminal activities but also for the, all those people that use, for example, the darknet in order to avoid the censorship, in order to avoid the, uh, the operation of a specific regime. And this is very important so also for people that want to uh, bring their voice outside some countries that apply specific censorship in, uh, in these countries. And uh, the Tor web is probably one of the most uh, blatant, the most important example of dark web. I but see. anyway, keep in mind that deep web and dark web are two things totally different. All right. Thanks for clarifying it. Pierluigi Paganini, thanks for your time. Thanks for being with us. Thank you.